Aloha, Ronnie Landis here, the host of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, which is what you are about to listen to right now, and also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification Program, and you can find more information about that at holistichealthmastery.com. And I also want to highly encourage each person to go over to iTunes, type in the Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, and just write a quick review. If you've been listening to these shows, you enjoy them, you're really appreciating all the value and education that you're deriving out of these uh, podcasts, then it would mean a lot to me if you would write a quick review I personally get to see all the feedback that people are watch or people are leaving, um, and it helps me kind of tune up everything in terms of how can I continue to provide more value. What kind of guests are people interested? Do people actually like the guests that we're putting on? Which so far has been a resounding yes, 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 and it just gives me more really cool feedback that I can use to refine this podcast, and then also. It boosts up the ratings, and the only reason I actually care about that is because it exposes this podcast to more genres all over iTunes. It provides a bigger audienceship that gets to see the podcast and essentially helps me fulfill my mission of exposing this information and these educational podcasts to more and more people around the world. So that would mean a lot to me if you could do that, and thank you. So, today's episode, our special guest, Anna Maria Panici, otherwise known as Anna Bliss, and this is really, it's definitely an amazing conversation, no doubt about that, but it goes in a quite a different direction than we've ever traveled down in any other podcast. It brings a completely new dimension to the healing arts and the, I want to say the human optimization, the, the if I could use the term peak performance, um, in this context, I definitely think that this applies. What Anna Bliss does professionally is a type of healing work called past life regression therapy through hypnosis, through hypnotherapy essentially. And this is something that is not new to me. I've been, I've, this has been on my radar for, you know, at least almost seven years or so. Um, I got exposed to the, the work of past life regression therapy via the, the legendary Dolores Cannon. So if you, if you've been into, you know, like channeling work, for example, like Abraham Hicks or even Bashar, or some of those more esoteric fields of study, like like past life regression therapy very much is in occult studies and stuff like that. Um, Dolores Cannon's name might come up for you, and she's really, you know, if you've never heard of Dolores Cannon, you should definitely look into her, because she was really like the pioneer of this whole field that Anna is now really bringing to, bringing to the forefront through her professional work. Um, but hypnotherapy and past life regression therapy is just so fascinating. The idea that we have lived multiple lives. Our soul has incarnated multiple times over and we can actually heal self-imposed traumas that have crystallized into our current physical body that are remnants or derivatives of past lives that we've lived. So unresolved issues with loved ones, unresolved issues or traumas that we've endured um, in different different segments of the the overall you know karmic life cycle, if you will, it's just such a fascinating idea. But then when you match it up with the science, when you match it up with actual people's experiences of doing past life regression therapy and doing doing these things in a hypnotic state, and then they tell you their accounts of what their what their life is like now and and the different healing that has occurred in their life and also physically after having this work done on them it changes the way that you 
might think of healing or think of the body or, you know, can our conventional paradigm around these things, it really helps to kind of shift our paradigm and open up the gateways to more expanded perspectives on healing and human optimization and also getting our brain firing on all cylinders. Pretty cool stuff. So anyways, I know you're going to love this interview. I loved it. I love talking about it. Um, I have a feeling that after this interview goes out, which it obviously is now, people are going to want to have Anna back on for a second round. So if that's the case, then, you know, hit me up, let me know. But other than that, I am uh, going to bring on Anna Maria Panici. Enjoy. Born and raised in Europe, Anna moved to the United States as a teenager where she quickly adapted to her new life and home. After graduating college, she went on to pursue her childhood dreams of acting and modeling, which she did for many years after. During this time, she felt spiritually unfulfilled and so invested in her spiritual and creative endeavors, thus pursuing a path of self-realization. During her training as a hypnotherapist in 2009, Anna delved deeper into her natural healing abilities, which she was born with, and anchored in her intuitive knowledge with certificates in Reiki and Theta Energy Healing, Emotional Healing Technique, Quantum Healing Hypnosis, Past Life Regression Therapy, and Specialized in Manifestation Coaching. In 2010, she graduated from the accredited Hypnosis Motivation Institute of Tarzana with a certificate in hypnotherapy. Since then, she has been seeing, she has been seeing and helping people from all over the world, is leading workshops in Los Angeles, and is fully committed to a career of holistic healing work. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Ronnie. So good to be here. Absolutely. It's so fascinating to me. We have been friends for a number of years and, and really <clears throat> got to I, I got to find out about you just through our mutual friends um, in our community. And it's funny because I didn't really actually know the core work that you were doing. I just kind of got to know you on the sidelines and as a person, but didn't really know the work you're doing. So when you released your, your new book, I really took notice. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then dived into uh, what you're doing. And it was a breath of fresh air, I have to say. I was really astonished. And that's when I realized, hey, I need to get this woman on the show and really dive in because I think there's a treasure trove of wisdom and insight here for everybody. So, yeah, it's an honor to have you. Oh, thank you so much. That, that means a lot coming from you. <laughs> mm. You know, the, fir- the first thing I thought about, and I have to ask you this question, um, you know, probably like five or six years ago when I started getting more into like occult studies and esoteric studies, I came across the work of Dolores Cannon. Mm-hmm. And that was the first introduction into past life regression and really hypnotherapy as an, as an art form and as a modality for healing um, that I became aware of, and her work just really just struck a chord with me, and I always, I find myself deferring back to her work, just the wisdom that she shared on the planet, and you know, like the convoluted universe series and all that cool stuff, so that was really my first uh, introduction into this work. I imagine that you you definitely got introduced to her work as well. Yes, I have. I absolutely love Dolores and her message and her studies and findings and explorations of quantum interdimensional space hypnosis travel. She's really out there with that, and um, I love it, you know. I I pretty much have found very, very similar information doing this work, working with subconscious mind and people's past lives, and I've gone so far out there and came to find that a lot of what she was talking about resonates and there's validity to that. And I think the more people that do such research, the more um, that we're getting, you know, this information and that it's basically true. And, and there's 
there's something to look at, you know. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I definitely want you to actually uh, share or explain the actual work that you do. A lot of people on this radio show, I assume, may not be totally familiar with um, hypnotherapy or they may just have a connotation, an interpretation of it based on a program or based on what they were um, sold in a movie or, or whatever the case is in past life regression. So I definitely want you to share what that actually is for people. But I, uh, to, to start off, could you just share how you even started this journey? Sure. And yes, I, I totally agree with you. A lot of people, most people have been just told, you know, that or shown in TV shows and about hypnosis and, you know, that it's a stage play and um, that it's not real. It's just there to basically just just for fun. And um, from my experience, when I started working with hypnosis and getting hypnotized, basically, I had powerful realizations and transformations. And I've I've seen it in myself, you know, when I started my own healing and going deeper into myself and just wanting to find answers and get to know myself on a deeper level. And so I got hypnotized. That's what got me into it. It was seven years ago. I had a few um, hypnosis sessions and past life regressions and um, it totally opened up my mind. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) it did. And um, then I just loved it so much that I had to learn it and I had to get certified. And um, basically one thing led to another. And then a year passed by, I got my certificate and I had an office and then I was just doing it for friends, for fun. And uh, then more people started to find me and see me. And then before you know it, now I have a full-on business practice and do some pretty amazing things with it. And I don't <laughs> hypnotize anyone into barking like a dog or <laughs> walking like a dog. That's really silly. It can be done, but it's really silly. And it's not what hypnosis is used for. So, so what is, okay, so what is hypnosis used for in the, in the work that you do? Because I know, obviously, you work with, with helping to, uh, I guess I would say, reformat the unconscious programs that are holding us hostage that's that's my own lingo my own language um mm-hmm. how how do how do you go about that or or maybe to further elaborate on how that work affects um our our health and our, our life in general well the way that hypnosis affects our health is by going into your subconscious mind basically you're able to to see what's there, you know, what, what kind of uh, blocks you have uh, in your life because we create from inside out, you know, life happens not from outside in but from inside out. So basically whatever beliefs you have about what's, what's possible for you, what life is to you and um, what kind of energy... Um, emotional energy barriers you have then that's the degree to which you will experience life and so when people start to go on this path of self-realization or self-discovery spiritual fulfillment and um it happens more and more as people are awakening to the Mm -hmm. fact that we're not just physical humans but we're also we have a spirit and a soul and um, then they start to dig deeper in themselves. And that basically leads them to find out that, oh, wow, like they may have some beliefs from the past and fears and traumas that are so deep lodged in the subconscious, you know, in the DNA, that you can't just heal it or fix it or clear it on your own. So basically you get either shamanic medicine work help or work with a hypnotherapist or past life regressionist and just do deep deep healing work to remove these blocks basically that stop us from having um 
fulfilled and happy and you know full spectrum human experience so mm. and so okay so from that perspective let's bring in the the past life regression aspect because that that's like a whole nother thing and that's a huge fascination of mine i think that's a fascination of a lot of people right now a lot of people are curious and they're more accepting of the idea that we may have not just gone around this game one time but we may have gone around many many times and people are very curious to know like what what uh i guess what secrets for their life now could be traced back into past lives so can we touch about that Um, what secrets in their well, life now can be traced back? What do you mean exactly? Well, I just by that? mean like I guess what I'm hinting at is the idea that if we if we can understand or get an idea of in this in this uh, parliament in this this term of past life, like having a past life, um, I found for me, I'll just share that like that. I was able to get a little more grasp through certain work that I did on my possibly the past lives that I had carried out before, and that was able to give me a little bit of a bridge or clues as to the patterns that I was playing out right now or some of the emotional traumas that I had, not knowing why I may have felt this consistent state of anxiety um, around certain things or why I was triggered around things that I couldn't trace in my, my current life, right? I couldn't figure out why certain things were coming up. So um, for me, the idea of looking into past life memories, if you will, I found that to be very fascinating to, to kind of retrace where some of these things might have been coming from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Um, you're definitely right on. Because our what happens with us, right, is our DNA contains our imprints of our energy, right, our total energy. And what DNA does is it replicates. So it likes to just replicate and do the same thing, kind of like mm-hmm. <laughs> it twirls and... Um, that happens in our lives too. Basically, we notice that we have patterns and we tend to repeat patterns. And so there's greater patterns that tend to be repeated from lifetime to lifetime that have to do with our own personal lessons that we learn or don't learn. So if you don't learn a lesson in a lifetime, then guess what? You're going to have to come back and repeat it. So you pretty much end up doing the same things with a little variation from lifetime to lifetime until you get it right, until you learn it, until you heal it, until you release the fear, the negativity, the judgment, the anger, all these negative lower vibrational emotions that keep us stuck uh, from ascending and from being our highest self and from reconnecting with our higher selves and ultimately reaching the state of nirvana, samadhi, self-realization, enlightenment, bliss, unity with God, right? So that's the path for everyone from dark to light. So our lifetimes, however many lifetimes it takes to get there, you know, we eventually get there. And just like in our lives now, you know, you can look back and see patterns repeating and that's pretty much how I work with people is through pattern recognition because then we can identify, okay, this is how your energy has been. This is how it will be if you don't heal this, if you don't clear this. And then we work with stopping, you know, such negative um, behavior patterns and redirect that energy into the life that we do desire and do wish to have and the experience that we do want. So we're talking about getting our power back into deliberate conscious creation as opposed to operating from a past habitual pattern, right? Because the subconscious mind is over 90% of our thinking, so that means that most of the thoughts we have, which is about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, come from patterns, from habitual thinking. 
and emotions also operate with that. So that's that's a great way of telling, you know, looking at the patterns and then, okay, this is something I like or this is something I don't like. So you can make changes accordingly in your life. And the things you like, you know, great, keep it, keep at that. The things you don't like, you know, it shows that there's some kind of um, block or program, a.k.a. false belief, that is stopping you from having the experience that you ultimately do desire to have. Mm, that's, yeah, that's really well put. And there's a lot of really juicy things that come up in me when I, when I hear that explanation. I think of the iceberg uh, example where you only, see a you only see the tip of the iceberg, but the actual structure of it is mostly submerged underwater. So you don't actually mm -hmm. see the 90 to 95% of that actual mm -hmm. structure. And so um, that's the same thing with our conscious and subconscious mind, right? Is that most of our mm -hmm. identity, how we self-identify with ourself, um, the things that we associate with ourself, um, and most of it's submerged underneath the curtain, underneath what we don't, we don't presently see. So I find a lot of times we are creating micro dramas in our life uh, and, um, you know, furnishing our experience with all these different things that we attach to our identity. And most of what's operating our paradigm is underneath the surface, right? Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. That's why it's so hard to access and that's why it's so hard to make changes on your own, you know, um, as much as we want to. And it is possible. It just takes a lot longer, you know. Mm. It took me years and years to figure it out. And um, then when I got help and assistance and I was working with professionals and it totally helped me so much to see the things that I was blindsided about which is a lot of things that we just can't see like it's it's below our conscious awareness like the 90 percent of our habits and beliefs that are so deep and some of these um so, some of this is only accessible when you do like the deepest kind of work which is to me uh past life regressions because then we go into all those areas and we go into the deepest parts of the subconscious and we dig up these past lives um to see what's there to to release it because usually if there's past lives you know, energies running that's that's still controlling our life today and it's going to propel us to to do the same kind of pattern to to act out in the same kind of patterns so um you know what you were saying about certain um certain things that you're predisposed to right well, that's true, and that's that's great, you know, if that's because there's a life purpose, you know, we all have a purpose in existence and being here, you know, we all have a, a path, a gift that we have, uh, but you can't fully access that if you're running away from it because of fears mm -hmm. or traumas. Is this the same in your... Uh your feeling of when when people say quote unquote shadow work yes exactly shadow mm -hmm. work yeah that, that's a different term for it and okay it's very so, important but it is essentially touching on the same principle yes mm -hmm. it is and honestly i find this to be some of the most healing work mm -hmm. there's it's it's awesome it's great to keep looking towards the light and to just bring love and light and i see that this happening in in the spiritual community so much is people are just like doing yoga and breath work and you know meditating and love and light love and mm -hmm. light but then they're not looking <laughs> and not addressing or healing their shadow stuff which continuously comes up in all these sneaky ways yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> and they find themselves either ungrounded or not financially stable or mm -hmm. lashing out in random events you know random places um or binge eating or whatever it is you know that you're not addressing will be there and it will be controlling your life and holding you back from really being your full light so mm. um so one of the greatest works I've done with myself 
um, person and I can I can talk about is is doing shadow work is going into the deepest darkest places within myself you know and looking at those places and healing them and loving them and integrating them and bringing them to the light you know because once you shine light on a dark place you know what happens the darkness melts away and becomes light so that's my message basically from my experience and from working you know six years with so many people is um greatest healings you'll ever get is when you really look at yourself and all these dark places and shine light on it yeah i'm so glad that we brought that principle up because one of my pet peeves (laughs) in um the greater you can call it conscious or unconscious conscious community as I sometimes call it yeah, um, is this whole thing of uh you know love and light and I'm definitely not uh cynical I'm not a cynical person at all I, I see the polarities I, I see all the colors on the the color wheel if you will so I see how beautiful that is but through interacting in the community um as a public speaker and really like getting to know a lot of different people um, I've come in myself as well. I've come to see that um, it's very it's very convenient to put up a, a front, and I don't mean a front in terms of like somebody's being manipulative um, overtly, but in the sense of you know I do yoga, I eat raw food, I do juice cleansing, I I do this, that, and the other, and they're all positive things, right? Therefore, I'm a good person. Therefore. I'm love and light, but I don't always see, I, well, actually a better way to, to um, simplify what I'm saying is that I have seen in my personal experience, a lot of these same people have very strong triggers in, in, you know, in close quarters um, uh, that aren't necessarily revealed in the public. And I've seen some actually very dark and vicious things come out of people that, is totally in contrast to that quote unquote love and light uh, perception. And I've, and I had wondered for years, like, whoa, what the heck was that? You know, what just came out of that person? And mm-hmm. I came to realize through getting to know certain people, like, wow, okay, that person just isn't integrated. Like, they have been suppressing and regressing or repressing, I mean, certain um, emotions or traumas that are, that are literally translating into a trigger. Like, so if I say something or I, or I confront somebody on something, this trigger comes up and all this like waving of emotional like um, uh, anger or, 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 you know, pointing fingers back at me kind of thing starts to come up. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying this has been my observation. And it totally correlates with what I'm hearing from you. And what I thought for a long time is like, we actually need to integrate all the fractals of our being so we can become a fulfilled, complete human being and not just a compartmentalized human being. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what it's about. And I have also witnessed it so much. You know, people, a yoga teacher, just just mm-hmm. preaching and teaching love and light, mm-hmm. sending out peace and love and light. But then, you know, someone will come along they don't like and they'll be triggered and treat them horribly they turn into you know? like a different person and that right? they're like a different person yeah. and like oh you mean peace love and light only to some people not everyone <laughs> so that mm. kind of shows you know there because you know we treat others how we treat ourselves and mm. there's probably parts of themselves that they don't love and mm. i always look at that and i don't take anything personally anymore but um Definitely, there's there's something to say about that, and I always say, you know, just just be, just be love. Don't preach it, don't mm. teach it. Like you don't have to overtly, like just be it. And that's the hardest thing. Is like, of course, you're gonna be loving to people who are nice and loving, but when someone comes who's just a complete douchebag or asshole or you know, <laughs> like, does something horrible, then can you love that? You know, can you love that person? Those are our teachers, you know, when someone triggers you instead of just reacting to them or or sending them negative vibes or cutting them off. Maybe like look into yourself like, oh, 
what is it in me that got triggered right now? Like, what am I feeling? And take responsibility for that. And looking at that as like, wow, this is my teacher. Like, this person's showing me something about me. And I I just um, have gotten the habit of taking responsibility for all my feelings and emotions. And if there's something that I feel off or not good about, then I look into myself and just try to backtrack and trace it into um yeah what, what part of me is this coming from where have I not loved myself and um when I started doing this it really shifted a lot a lot in me I can't even tell you it just I took my power back you know instead of being reactional to other people's energies or to what's going on outside because you can't always control what's going on outside there's the world with people's creations there's other people co-creators <laughs> but um we can definitely um learn to to not react and um that takes practice and work and of course sometimes when you do react then then or you, you get triggered you know but then you you look into yourself and then you heal that part of yourself so then you won't be triggered anymore um, there's a quote that comes to mind that says, you will be tested until you will no longer be triggered. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. That, it's so funny. I, I thought about, um, as you were, as you were sharing, I thought about the, the times when I do react and, um, I, I have these subtle judgments of like, oh, geez, these tourists in Kauai, like I've been here for like five months and all of, all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, these people just coming over to Kauai and they're not giving back to the land and they're causing traffic, blah, blah, blah. And I, and then I stop myself. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What's that about? And I notice the emotional state that I'm in. I'm like, ooh, that feels contractive. Like, ooh, that feels heavy on my chest and my heart. And then I start to feel like I feel like I just did something to myself. Like I didn't do anything to anybody else. Even having the thought and the vibration of that, I felt mm -hmm. that I just injected myself with poison. And I'm feeling the physical, the physical effect of, of that, that toxicity from, from just my thought pattern. Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and that's how you you know because feelings are the language of the body like thoughts are the language of the mind so they're connected our feelings and our thoughts are definitely connected because for every thought you know that happens in the mind there's a chemical that gets released in the body and for positive thoughts you get happy positive feelings you get feel good vibes right like when you're mm. thinking of someone you love or someone who makes you feel good you instantly feel good like you feel it and when you start to judge or criticize or blame then you start to feel not good and most people are so used to this either being this yin yang feeling good not feeling good or just feeling bad <laughs> Mm -hmm. a lot where they don't even notice it's just like such a normal state of being for them that they don't notice the difference right but you notice because you are usually in a good state and a positive usually, and a yes. consistent state of <laughs> peace right so when you mm -hmm. don't feel that you're able you're more aware of your body right you're more awake you're more aware of what's going on inside of you so then you can say you can stop yourself and say oh wow, I'm not feeling good in my body. Let me pause for a second and let me see what I was thinking about before this feeling. And then usually when you backtrack, when you trace, then you can see that, oh, you're coming from these thoughts of judgment, of, of thinking like, who are these people? Why are they on this island? Blah, blah, blah. And you can trace it down and then you can start to see how it correlates the not feeling good with the not thinking good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a, I feel like it is just a further unraveling or unpacking of some of that shield that a lot of us carry to protect ourselves um, from perceived danger um, that I think that I trace back from more of being in a in the the um, zoo like environment of the city. 
and um, and then seeing like being here on the island um, and over the years of being in this kind of environment, just seeing a lot of that drop off. But it's interesting when it drops off. It's not like if it feels at least this is my experience. It feels like a big weight has been dropped off. But then there's also that part of me that is so used to having a shield that it it's almost painful. It like there's a there's a there's a resistance to dropping it off. So then I notice now I'm able to just observe it. But before it was like this tug of war effect of like, you know, like dropping the shield. Oh, that feels good. No, pick it back up. Oh, it feels heavy again. And going and doing this back and forth thing until I could get some like real self clarity to realize like, um, actually I don't, I, maybe I don't need to like totally drop the shield. I just need to integrate it into me. Um, that part of me that feels maybe wounded or feels um, uh, helpless in a way um, or doesn't want to receive constructive criticism, whatever that, that um, I guess I would even call it insecurity is, whatever that is, I need to, as you said, nurture it and not avoid it, but actually like, you know, talk to it, whatever, uh, I don't know, like whatever modality works for me or the individual, but to not, not, not to, uh, uh, not to run away from it is what I'm getting at. And I, I find that I had done that for many years, as many people do, in whatever way I was using to, to channel that, that, uh, that, that feeling um, that I was avoiding. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, a lot comes up for me as I, as I listen to you share. So I'm totally in resonance with that. Um, but I really want to ask you this question. I think this is going to be super uh, insightful for a lot of people. Um, in the work you do and just your own perspective, how does our sense of deserving what we aspire for in life actually affect our ability to stay consistent with the action steps and a sense of conviction required to actually create those things that we want? Oh, good question. A sense of deserving, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that makes the whole world of a difference is whether you believe in yourself, whether you think that you deserve to receive something or not. And um, it's such a, uh, it, it just, it's such a tucked away sneaky feeling that you you may not be aware of and that is totally in the subconscious awareness and is definitely a huge block in manifesting and creating uh, more abundance more love more joy because even if you do create those things let's say um, you'll not be able to really receive them and really allow them or maybe for a short time but not for a long time if you don't work with um with your personal feelings and uh, clearing the emotions of not not believing that you deserve. And most people are not even aware of that one. I was not aware of that one until I started to dig deeper and deeper in myself to see, well, what's what's my blocks? Why am I not able to have this and this and this in my life? Why can I sustain, you know, like loving relationships or more financial abundance? And when I dug deeper, I found that wow, there's, there's a huge wound, um, which is actually found in the solar plexus and the sacral chakra, and it's uh, in the form of shame and guilt. Mm. And shame and guilt literally block us from manifesting, literally uh, block us from receiving, from having abundance and love and joy and money and all the good things. You know, maybe some things can can trickle down, you know, but it, depending how much uh, guilt and shame we carry in our emotional body, right? So we have our chakras and they get blocked too. So um, these energies usually, um, these emotional energies get blocked in certain areas of the body and that correlates to certain areas in our lives. And I found uh, that indeed working with a lot of people to clear to, to get clarity and to get flow in their life and in, in themselves and their happiness is definitely working with deservingness and worthiness of 
do I deserve to have this in my life? And there's ways you can find out that, you know, through questioning, through muscle testing, through dowsing. Um, but what I found usually at 95% times correlates to some program, some belief systems that we're not deserving. We don't deserve to have this thing. So no matter how much you're going to work on love and light and affirmations and positive thinking and the secret and law of attraction, you call it in, yes. But if you don't look at your shadow, which is, you know, maybe traumatic events or memories or painful things that happen in our past. And let me tell you, most people have some kind of trauma from childhood or past life that they're working through. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. <laughs> that is why we're here. And these bodies at this time is to work through our shit, literally to work mm -hmm. through our karmic shit. And mm -hmm. that stuff is there. And that's part of the shadow work that I do that's part of the you know subconscious clearing that I do that really really works well when you go into these places in yourself and when you look at like where you know where where did you store a memory in your subconscious of a past you know time where you felt ashamed of yourself or you felt guilty about something that you've done in the past or something that you're doing still and you're not addressing that so that is a huge block that's a huge block in manifesting right there so when you go and clearing those things like literally you you release and you um you release energy in your body and your life and you create this amazing flow and you align your chakras and you create balance and just centeredness and clarity and then you literally will notice like sometimes instant manifestations of the things you do want and you'll be able to to keep it and sustain it as opposed to just call it in see it and then it goes away because you don't believe that you're worthy of having that and most people as i said most people are so not even aware that they have this until they do this deeper kind of work yeah, it, immediately when you mentioned the word shame, I thought of uh, David Hawking's book, Power Versus Force. And I, when I first read that years ago, one of the things that caught me about that on the calibration scale is on the lowest scale of calibration, uh, meaning the, the emotional state that calibrates at the lowest state of consciousness in his, in his verbiage was shame. And mm -hmm. I, I really clicked for me. I don't. I took that away. I even wrote about that in in one of the books I'm working on. I'm working on like five at any given time. But um, I I wrote this thing actually in my recent book, the Inner Alchemy Youthing Program. Um, in one of those phrases, I really got touched on that idea of shame and and really dove into that how it affects. Um, just from a health and and vitality and a youthful perspective. To me, like the, the idea of shame and guilt is it can be a beneficial course corre correction, like a, an ability to reroute our behavior if we have been in integritous, we've been um, in a, inauthentic and we've been on, you know, we've, we've hurt somebody. It's, 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 it's a good thing in the moment to feel that. But then if you don't course correct and you continue to feel that all the time and replay that, then it becomes like a corrosive state of uh, uh, feeling where it literally corrodes your state of health. It weakens you um, from a physical perspective, not to mention um, everything that you just shared about your ability to actually operate in a vibratory uh, state that you can attract the things that you actually want to attract to your life. So I really resonate with that. Um, and I feel as though if we can really transmute that sense of shame and find out what the trigger is, what caused it, and we can alchemize that into its upgraded form, um, then we could really just shift so much in our life, uh, you know, immediately. Yes, this is true. This is absolutely true. Mm. 
Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so I want to I want to uh, talk about some of your your work. I'm looking on your website and the book that caught my attention, the one that you just released, Time Travelers: Stories of Reincarnation. Uh, can you share a little bit about this? Sure. So this book I uh, published last year, and um, it is. Uh, it is based on the six years of my research and my experience with doing past life regression therapy work and um, a lot of the experiences uh, that I've documented from these um, past life regressions. I published anonymously, of course. Um, everyone has a different name, so you don't know who it is. But um, yeah, there's uh, some amazing past life regressions in there and I basically just just documented and just just translated onto book form what I found I didn't want to really add my opinion or anything in it I just wanted to share with the world that um hey this ex this research exists this is not just me doing this of course there's other hypnotherapists past life regressionists out there but this is from my point of view and this is what i've come to find as evidence for reincarnation being real i um you know when i started i was very open-minded yes i wanted to just find out the truth about who i am as a human and why i'm here and where i come from so that was my intention, but I had no idea that I would get so deep into this work and mm. that I would be here where I am now. Like, I could not have fathomed that. So it wasn't like I set out with a theory, like, oh, reincarnation is real and I'm going to prove it. Like, that's not what happened. For me, what happened is I just wanted to heal myself and I just dug in deeper. And then all these people started to come to me and find me. And they wanted to do past life regressions. And of course, I was open to it, and I was like, "Why not? This is fun, and uh, let's just see what happens." And I would just take notes in my notebook, and some of them were really out there, and some of them were really like just fantastic and beautiful and healing, and some were very traumatic. And um, so, six years later, and 171 individual individual past life regressions later. I have a lot of evidence suggesting that this is real, you know, and um, we definitely reincarnate and we come back again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, it actually seems very irrational to me at this point that 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 wouldn't be the case, that this is just one go around and the human species has been um, present on the earth for however long. I don't really believe anything anymore coming from the evolutionist um, perspective or in terms of like dating, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, but the fact that we as a soul being would reincarnate and, and travel th throughout the, I mean, uh, the duration that we've been on this planet, it just makes so much more sense without even having to know the, the knowledge of it, the idea of it. That to me actually makes a lot more sense than kind of the more, uh, I would say, materialistic, scientific um, uh, point of view that we have been indoctrinated with, which I believe is why perspectives like this are so um, hard to accept for a lot of people that have been indoctrinated. Um, yeah, I'll end on that. I just feel like it's such an obvious thing at this point. Um, and I'm really, it's really cool to see people like yourself that actually do this work. So it's no longer just a theoretical entertainment. It's actually something that's documented. And there's people that have gone through these experiences. I've met many people that have gone deep into this work that don't just swear by it. They know without a shadow of a doubt that this is real. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. I'm definitely convinced and not just convinced because I've seen my own past lives and, but so many other people's, you know, um, and, and, oh, the, the healing that comes from it, you know, not only just the dates and names and places, you know, that's all, 
that that's great but like the actual healing and the transformation that i've seen in these people as a result of these past life regression experiences it's just so powerful and phenomenal that to me more than anything like whether someone believes it's real or not like at the end of the day it's like is it really making a difference a shift in your life Mm -hmm. like are you able to to be a better person as a result and to to heal and shift through things that you're working on and um most people that i work with do and that's that's ultimately what it's here for absolutely beautiful Well, with the time left, I would love for you to actually share what you do for yourself, um, just in your lifestyle, your health approach. Um, What what does a day in the life look like for you? (laughs) I don't have a typical day, honestly. I, um, I very much definitely love to be in my body and to be in my life experience. And that's not something that has always been like this. I actually tried to run away from myself, from my human experience most of my life. I did not want to be here because I didn't understand why I'm here and how my body functions properly and what emotions are. Like, none of this was explained to me. (laughs) I had to learn on my own. And um, when I figured out, you know, that, oh, the foods that I eat affect my body and my consciousness and my feelings, then that shifted a lot. So now I pay attention to the foods I put in my body. So I prepare meals lovingly. I eat organic whole foods. I exercise. I do yoga, breath work. I meditate. You know, I like to really ground myself in my body, in my life, in my physical existence and not run away from it. So um, that took a long time to get here too. But now I just just love, love myself, love my life. And um, it's shifted everything. So that's part of my... Um, my daily self-care routine is mm-hmm. being present mm-hmm. and being present with everything that's going on. It's not like things are perfect, you know, and things are like nothing bad's ever going to come up or, you know, things come up, but it's how you deal with it. And so I find that um, just the more that I I shift my consciousness to, to feeling good and to peace and, and mindfulness and that I choose the things that make me happy and that I love doing, then more of those things manifest in my life, such as fun, good times with my best friends or family or, you know, amazing meals shared with my friends or um, clients that I love working with, work, um, just feeling good generally and being happy and staying in an attitude of, of gratefulness no matter what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Just enjoying, enjoying life, you know, really enjoying being present every minute, like as much as I can, just really being here. And um, yeah, that's that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a... Um you know, you mentioning that everything is not peaches and cream all the time. It's not perfect, which a lot of people can get a, a misinterpretation when they see you. They see your amazing glowing smile and the work you do and how happy you are. Um, a lot of people tend to uh, polarize um, and not really take into consideration that we're all actually human beings having this experience and we go through our ups and downs. And I like what you said that it's it's really how you handle a situation that we're always going to have things happen to us and uh, trigger us and test us until they no longer trigger us, as you said earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a term that comes out of herbalism, which is adaptogen, which is to me as a nutrition and health focused strategist, if you will, that's one of the things that I focus on with people and they're their health journey and transformation is becoming more resilient to uh, to life's 
ever ongoing challenges. So you're not becoming reactive. You're able to actually adapt to any circumstances and having that holistic view of your, your life via the thoughts, um, the emotions that you undertake or caretake, and the foods and the exercise, whatever that might be, um, and the specialized work that somebody is being called to do, um, all those things factoring in together create this incredibly harmonious and, uh, I'll use the word again, integrative um, factor that for me, I'm really looking at how we're going through a full transformation process and bringing all the pieces of the puzzle together in our own lives really makes us a better conduit for the, the I don't know, if you, the Akashic transmissions, if you will, um, that we're, you know, that's why I look at it like... Um, as a transmission device, like the human brain, for example, in the nutrition field, we get all worked up about the brain and brain nutrition, but we don't stop to think that it's actually a transmission device where we're conduiting certain insights and inspirations that lead us to manifestation. Um, so when I, so anyways, my, my, feeling from the nutrition perspective is that we're putting in foods that resonate with our specific type and constitution that allow us to conduit the right thought forms that allow us to manifest or create the things that we want in our life. Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a cycle, you know. The better you feel, the better you feel. The worse you feel, the worse you right, feel. Yeah. What are you feeding? Are you feeding your fears or the things you love? And just making those choices on a daily basis. And the more you do, the better you'll feel over time. And then you'll notice that your life does change physically, you know, um, and shifts to a happier place where you will attract different vibrational people, happier people, more loving people. You'll attract uh, greater work opportunities, you know. You're not going to attract as much, like, bad stuff, like karmic things. Like So it all has to do with, with the choices you make and making good choices for your body and for your mind and for your life will lead to having better experiences and a better experience in your body, in your life. Beautiful. Great. That's a great note to conclude this conversation on. Um, where can everybody find out more about you and your work? My website is www.liveblist.com. So my name is Anna Bliss and, um, my website is livebliss.com, and there's uh, my email there. You can contact me directly from there, and um, my office is located in West L.A., and I am definitely available for Skype sessions. They work just as well as in person, and um, if anyone is just curious about this type of work or wants to go deeper in themselves or... Just, just open up to see what's there. Then uh, please contact me. I'm very happy to to hear from you. <laughs> mm, yeah, and I have to say, uh, you have a you have a beautiful website, and I'm checking it out myself. <laughs> and I definitely recommend everybody. Definitely, obviously, go to the website, but then check out her services. She has it really well laid out. Um, she even has. Uh, music uh, guided meditations and it looks like that that you can download and it looks like you actually can customize certain um, personal hypnosis tracks for people too mm -hmm. yeah I do all of that the personal customized hypnosis tracks um, there's meditation tracks you can download I have a meditation track for children specifically um, I have my book available there you can you can buy there. You can go to Amazon.com and purchase uh, Time Traveler's Stories of Reincarnation. Um, that's a great book to just open up your mind about past lives and reincarnation. Or contact me directly. Send me an email and I will reply. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Mm -hmm. My pleasure, Ronnie. This was great.
-hmm. Wonderful talking to you. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast. Uh, Even a fraction as much as I did, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of people got a lot of aha moments, a much deeper insight into this specific work for sure, and how that it could benefit your life. Like I said before, check out Anna's work, go to her website and see if it resonates with you. And until next time, we will see you again. Aloha. Aloha.